Hi, I'm Klempinlak. And I'm Ayi Suwart. Welcome to Inquisity, a podcast about questions in architecture, city, and people. Welcome to another episode of Inquisity, a podcast about architecture, city, and people. Brutalist and modernist architecture are often criticized as being emotionless, devoid of ornamentation and embellishments, while exposing the rough concrete finish. However, some fall in love with these styles for their upfront personality and honesty. It's either you love them or you hate them. Nonetheless, they hold a position on the timeline of the architecture history of the Philippines that tells a record about the collective narrative of the people. Unfortunately, like many architecture examples in the country, some are being demolished taking with them their accounts on the story. For this episode, we learn how to appreciate these brutalist and modernist gems in our cities and learn what we could do for them. So for our episode for today, we will have the editor-in-chief of Canto, an online collective of the modern creative that started as a one-man passion project in 2015. Also the founder of Brutalist Pilipinas and Modernist Pilipinas, Instagram account that showcases Brutalist and Modernist architecture in the Philippines. Collectively, they have around 16,000 followers on Instagram. Our guest for today, Mr. Patrick Kasingsing. Hello. Hello, Patrick. Hi, thank Hi thanks for having me, Clement. Hi, good day to everyone. Um, hope that whatever I babble about is of some use to you listeners. <laughs> I'm sure about that because we have seen a lot of things from your account and from your works also from Canto. And I think we'll be learning a lot from you. So, <laughs> so let us begin. No? Um, I understand that you're not an architect. From the onset, I believe you are a creative person. But with the works that you are putting on Instagram and on your online publication, which is Canto, you talk about architecture with passion. How did you start with this interest and initiative? And what was your initial inspiration to put this all together? Okay, that's, um, there's, there's a lot to answer in that question. But I, I guess for this particular one, I'll, I'll concentrate on how Canto began. So yes, that is correct. I often get mistaken as you know an architect by both friends and strangers. But for the record, I graduated with a fine arts degree. So uh, my fascination for architecture actually started pretty early. So I can already recall hoarding uh, picture books and magazines on architecture when I was about 10 years old. And I was already pretty obsessed with um, skyscrapers and super tall. So even before, I was already a lurker in Skyscraper Page and Skyscraper City. That I mean, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that, right? So I was already a lurker then back in the early 2000s. Um, and I was, and I did that to keep tabs on the construction of my favorite skyscrapers. How, how very nerdy. Okay, um, so while I initially wanted to take up architecture, and I actually passed the entrance exam in UST when I when I attempted, I ended up taking fine arts in in the Ateneo for a rather rather boring reason that its proximity to my house. <laughs> so so I was already interested in graphic design then, but only really started taking it seriously as a craft during college. But you know, my passion for architecture, even you know, even if I took a course that wasn't you know what I originally intended, never waned. 
Uh, and I soon found ways to reconcile these two things that I enjoy in some of my design output. And I guess the most notable of that is my thesis project, uh, Retrospectura. In a nutshell, it's basically a multimedia platform that champion uh, built heritage preservation by way of a, a magazine, a website, and a set of interactive 3D models of heritage structures overlaid on Google Earth. So, you know, that doesn't sound like the usual thesis of a fine arts student, but, you know, I, I it's one of the reasons also why I think like my booth had a lot of visitors because it's such a weird setup. There's just so much happening. And, you know, parang it's always it's always fun to see, you know, heritage buildings in 3D and move them around and, you know, appreciate them in all in different dimensions also. So these 3D models are still live online. So if you guys want to download, it's actually it's free and you can do whatever you want with it as long as it's not illegal. Um, I also soon realized that my, you know, perceived um, design specialty, which is layout and editorial design, is in a way, um, it sort of mirrors the practice of architecture um, in that I design the framework, you design the structure by which the content is to be ordered and hosted in an editorial product. So when I design books and magazine covers, it's actually like, you know, designing the facade that presages the interior design or the layout of the pages inside. Um, fast forward a few years after graduation, I soon found myself working for the magazine I've collected and read cover to cover since my high school days, which is Blueprint. And where my fascination for architecture and, you know, aptitude for editorial design really helped immensely. So uh, needless to say, it was, a, it was a dream job of sorts. But, you know, like all jobs, uh, uh, there will there will be times that it will prove stressful. So that was why in 2015, um, I decided to create another magazine, Kanto, as a passion project and design lab of sorts. Um, and uh, I did it so I could delve into other fields other than, art, than, than architecture that I find interesting. Like, I'm a big fan of like photography, literature, travel, and music, among others. So I got to try all these, you know, I got to explore all these, these other interests in, in Kanto. What Kanto also offered me is a platform to try out design approaches that I couldn't otherwise um, uh, do in my day job. Because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Blueprint is a business, right? So, and, and Kanto is a free, it's a free magazine and I can literally do what, whatever I want with it without any, you know, um, what you call this financial issues. Because <laughs> it's pro bono and I literally did not spend anything for it. So. You know, you you did probably think that honestly, it's such a weird way to de-stress. Um, you know, taking a break from magazine work by working on another magazine, but uh, hey, it really did it for me as a restless creative um, who easily finds interest in many many things. I guess I'd like to say that the experience of putting together Kanto for the last uh, six years and getting to talk to all sorts of you know creatives, both established and new, have also helped me become more of a people person and a better communicator from the timid quite introverted I was before. You know, otherwise, you wouldn't be doing this interview. <laughs> yeah, actually, as you've mentioned, you're usually exposed in, well, after you graduated, you were exposed in almost immediately to a, like an architectural mag magazine. But it also, it's also because it, it was your um, interest, as you've mentioned. Right. So this is not limited to your personal Instagram account. So it's quite conspicuous that it, this interest has spilled over to um, your personal accounts. So mm -hmm. you're, you're very much passionate about brutalism and modernist buildings. What is it specifically about this style that lures your attention? Uh, 
it was also during college where I learned about the existence of of brutalism. So if I can recall correctly, um, this happened while I was trolling Tumblr. Grabe, parang I'm, I'm dropping my age already. So I was trolling Tumblr for design inspiration. So I remember chancing upon this Tumblog with a, an, it has an expletive. So it's F Yep Brutalism. That's the name of the Tumblog. And I soon found myself spending hours in the library doing research on the style, you know, just really getting drawn to it. So after discovering that uh, Tumblr blog, I soon found myself spent, uh, you know, spending hours in the library and also doing my own uh, research on the subject matter and, you know, re- locating this, uh, what they call this legendary coffee table book by Nicolas Polites on Leandro Loxin. So ako siguro yung frequent borrower of that particular book in the Filipiniana section of the library. And, you know, what I would do is I'd just borrow it and because you can't take out the book and bring it home, eh, you can just, the only thing you can do is just read it there in the library. So I did spend hours just drinking in all the, you know, the awesome architecture through Akio Kawasumi's gorgeous photography. Okay, getting a little carried away with the reminiscing. So what drew me towards brutalism? Okay, so this is actually a question that, you know, I get asked a lot, especially, when, you know, when, when I get interviewed about brutalist Filipinas, I already have a, a pre-prepared answer. Let me just quickly load it here. This, you know, really sums up all my feelings about brutalism. Okay, so so I would have to say it's the brazen honesty of the style and its self-assured quality that attracts me to brutalism. So um, brutalism does not particularly care for the rules and conventions that make a space beautiful. Um, it willfully bears its innards and functions when other styles would open cloak and hide them. It is usually finished in rough raw materials. Um, it is often hulking and unfriendly at first glance, but soon makes itself at home in its location as time makes its mark on its exposed skin. So, you know, as a graphic designer who has a penchant for, you know, directed to point and post aesthetic in my designs, the honesty and the, you know, the functional aspects and economy and material and form of brutalism, it, it really appealed to me. Um, the style is concrete, okay, pun intended, of course, proof that the lack of materials or resources is no excuse not to build or design effectively and memorably. But um, of course, amongst your amongst these um, brutalist and modernist architecture, um, which is your favorite um, brutalist or modernist masterpiece? Okay, nako, I, I really dislike questions like this. Like, you know, making me choose amongst <laughs> a lot of favorites. But okay, fine. Um, fine impulse, impulse, top of mind. What, what do Super you... Hard like a think. gun in your head. What's your favorite brutalist architecture? Yeah, okay, usually, right? <laughs> okay, these are the ones that I think they usually never disappear from my top five. And in no particular order. Para, para secret na lang, you know, which ones I really really, really like. Okay, so uh, of course, like a fixture in all lists concerning brutalism, right? CCP National Theater can't disappear. PICC should be there. The Sunken Shrine of Cabetican, and this is something that is not a, that not a lot of people know about, but it's actually one of those, one a, a brutalist structure that I visited that really, you know, left a mark on me and that I can never forget. Uh, what else? The Pacific Machines office building. This building is pretty popular now because it's the brutalist KFC along EDSA that everyone's, you know, uh, raving about in Facebook and Instagram. And in, finally, the GSIS complex. For modern instances, there's a lot. I'll just do top two. So the undisputed number one is the, you know, the relatively recently demolished Film Life building and theater. And 
the second one is another actually another Carlos Arueles masterpiece the DBP building in Makati so those two actually the reason we asked this question is um I guess we just wanted to gauge which objectively like looks nice for a brutalist and modernist um, structure because sometimes you know um, some people would have different answers because you know for example from an interior designer's uh, background or from an architect's background an architecture student's background so sometimes there's their answers vary and I guess it's too late to ask you this question this particular question earlier because you have been very much exposed to a lot of these buildings whether it's brutalist modernist or other styles i like your top five but i agree with the film life building but too bad it was demolished i like the mm -hmm. lines and you know the openness the glass which is um actually um embedded into the concrete facade i guess it's quite sad that it was demolished um it's interesting that you mentioned or you like uh, brutalist architecture from the province from pampanga from Kobetekan, because i've been there and when i visited that when we were doing Iglesia, i was also amazed by this this sunken structure sunken church in the middle of the lahar I think that is quite like spiritual, even when I experienced that piece of architecture. So that you did you, were you able to get inside? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside? Yeah. So it's like a theater, like you need to crouch down before you enter. And then right. boom, you, are, you are in a big open triangular space. And then there's uh, a light beaming at the altar. And that is, that is so amazing. This, but it's so dramatic and um i particularly uh it, though it did this wasn't the original design of the retablo because <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I really don't know what to call it but it's like a it's like a grotto diba, with with this with the, the statue so um it looks it looked like it formed naturally the way it, you know uh the way the craggy surfaces hugged the altar section of the church um and when you're there it's it, it, you don't feel like you're in a church you feel like you're in a in a cave Diba? Mm -hmm. And yeah. pa, there are also bats inside when we <laughs> when I visited. So talagang cave yung feeling niya, diba? Like and then you have that you have that light shining from that half moon shaped oculus up top. And um when I visited kasi, it was very dramatic. It was also raining. We were cautioned like to be very careful because um the inside is actually sort of flooded on time when we visited. So the very struggle of getting inside already feels like a spiritual experience. Kasi parang, you feel like you really really have to humble yourself before getting in into this into this house of worship diba? and when you get in parang hallelujah chorus like it's it's massive you have you have that you know the risen christ looking at you and then you have that you know that beam of light shining uh you know uh, lighting that very dark that dark space it's all very you know uh, dramatic I can never forget the image. That's why when I was there, even if, you know, sobrang hirap siya shoot since it's pretty dark and my phone's night mode isn't really cutting it. I just took pictures of, you know, every corner that I can just to, like, immortalize that particular moment in that particular space. You wouldn't expect something like that from a brutalist architecture because normally in a religious architecture, you would uh, expect to be inspired by Rococo or Romanesque or Renaissance architecture in a church. But from a brutalist uh, language, I think that is something new and different and unique. Right. You know how these uh, 
from if I if if I did my research correctly, like how the churches you know were designed to like really inspire awe, right? So like these Romanes, this uh you know these traditional Spanish churches, they they do that through you know beautiful uh, and ornate figures, golden and gilded retablos. So for me, like this particular church drew its version of beauty is through uh is is derived from its humility more than its you know parang its surface beauty and the fact that you know the people decided to like keep on using the church yes. it really added on it really added to the beauty of the structure it transcended being a church and it's now also a monument to you know the determination of the people to make the best of out of like the natural disaster that befell them and not you know not to be uh subsumed by the tragedy but rather to like keep on using that place of worship uh as I, you know as i said a while ago its version of beauty is through hum- humility uh and you know um it transcending its use as a church but also as a monument to determination and rising beyond tragedy i like you talk about protest architecture and these pieces of architecture in a more you know honest and poetic way and that is something that that is really inspiring even So, carrying on with the with the discussion, we also know that you have spearheaded the photo documentation and created a graphic of Metro Manila's brutalist map. Can you tell us more about this uh, map and then how how could how did you develop this brutalist map of Metro Manila? Hmm. Okay. So let's start with the photo documentation. So, the photo documentation was initially Like a lot of my passion projects, it was initially self-started. So, in fact, I initially conceptualized Brutalist Pilipinas as Brutalist Manila. That's its original name. Uh, as I intended to do all the documenting myself. And, you know, the confines of the metro as a Metro Manila inhabitant, <laughs> it's the easiest for me to reach. However, uh, I realized that I will not be serving, uh, I guess you could call it my mission to introduce Uh, the Filipino public to brutalism well with just a Manila-centric coverage. It might actually put some people off. They're probably going to be like, oh, Manila again. So, puro na lang Manila. So, I need, to, I need to show that the style also made its way to different corners of the archipelago. Uh, I also felt that, you know, a crowdsourcing model as opposed to a solo documentation effort would serve the mission better and get more people invested in brutalism as they, they too serve a direct role in helping the advocacy. So they're also part of, they also feel like they're contributing to the advocacy, not just me feed, feeding pictures into the feed. Uh, but, you know, uh, um, like a lot of people this past two years, uh, the work proved to be a little too much to handle along with my, my, my day job and other passion projects. So I invited two good friends to join me. So they are Eldri Infante, an architectural designer, and Carl Castro, a noted graphic designer and designer and artist. Uh, to help me co-manage uh, Brutalist Pilipinas. So they've been phenomenal additions to the team and they've been responsible for the more varied feed programming and the depth of information that now accompany our, our social media posts. So let's go now naman to the map. So it uh, it was such a fun project. And this was something that I've always wanted to do from the very beginning. Like, I wonder when I'd get a chance to create the map. And then it turns out um, it was to be this year. But before we actually came up with the map, there was a lot of, you know, there was months of hard research and countless Google image searches for photo references for the Brutalist illustration. So it just so happens that, you know, our, our Eldri, who is also a fantastic illustrator, after work hours, he would spend, you know, hours 
creating the, the drawings needed for the 25 structures that the team picked for the poster. So my homework naman for the posters, I then proceeded to prepare the map and lay, lay out the graphical elements. Well, Carl did a, you know, he did a wonderful job casting a fresh eye on the poster to look for errors or stuff to fix. It's super important to get, you know, um, the correct information in there because it's, it's a poster and you'll be looking at that. And if there's like an error, it's going to be like screaming at you every single day that you look at your poster, right? So it, it was uh, definitely heartwarming to see the response to the bootless maps. We never expected to sell all 50 maps within a span of two days. So it's it's crazy. Even I, we, we, did, we didn't expect that at all. So, uh, and the reason why we created this map is to uh, help us gather funds for our upcoming website. Uh, and this website kasi is some um, where we intend to house our Brutalist database permanently. So this is, um, I guess this is like Brutalist Filipinas' biggest uh, investment in terms of time and money. And this is, I think, what we think is our like our gift, our gift to the Philippines. Parang yung ambag namin <laughs> to the architectural and cultural narrative of the country. So this is like a, a visual database of brutalism that can be accessed freely by everyone. And uh, for those who missed out from buying the brutalist maps, don't worry, as we will definitely be doing more brutalist themed maps in uh, in the future. So this is more or less um, crowdfunded, correct? Um, oh, for the brutalist map, we had a very gen we had a generous donor who helped us. Um, okay. What they call this? Uh, put the, the the bill when it comes to the printing. That's why we 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 had the funds to like really like really invest on good uh, like good quality paper finishes. Uh, since we sold the map, but uh, it's not a very cheap map. I had I have to say, but then again, because we we had the quota to make it, we we uh, we had to make uh, what they call this like the the price of the website and the you know the web developer and all those you know all those website the expenditures that you need to do uh we needed to meet that particular target and um even when that price i was you know it that's what's that's what also surprised us is even with um the not so cheap price of the poster a lot of people you know really showed support for the initiative and we really appreciated that and you know, i'd like also to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of those folks who Showed their support by buying the map. Actually, it's a thing everywhere. Like apart from um, a brutalist map I in Europe, uh, like in the United Kingdom, they have these um, Art Deco walks, uh, modernist walks. So, so um, apart from being a, a map, it's also like a walkable kind of journey that right. you could take. So, for example, if you want to do a like a modernist building walk or a skyscraper walk so they have this path that you could follow and it makes it more fun and especially given um actually i've seen well people out there uh, you could check um brutalist filipinas um ig account but i've seen the map the the graphic it's quite it's actually quite well done were you the one who did the graphic design um for the uh, for the brutalist map uh the overall you know, putting it together, yes, that's me, like in choice of fonts, the layout mm -hmm. of the elements, the actual map. Um, but the illustrations was, uh, they were all done by Eldry. So, you know, all, the, all 25 of them were, you know, painstakingly uh, drawn by Eldry and we'd have debates whether uh, the illustration is accurate, stuff like that, you know, like because 
I touched on this a while ago about you know, the thing about the about accuracy and how much we want you know the map to be super accurate because it we also don't you know we don't want to just create a pretty product so it's also a an educational piece that you know uh, aside from looking pretty in your desk you can learn stuff from it also so that's what those are the type of, of maps and products that we want to do for you know brutalist and modernist we want you to have something beautiful to look at but also something educational so basically beauty and brains dapat yung yung goal <laughs> for every every brutalist map so just as a teaser some some of the the the, the maps that we plan to do are um like brutalist campus maps because you know how a lot of you know campus in the philippines have um they actually have a lot of examples of modernism and brutalism so that's one example and one uh, another one that i'm pretty excited to work on is a this is not a poster but a a brutalist cycling tour brochure that we're still conceptualizing this will take a while as we're still you know <laughs> we're still we're still exploring the logistics and the routes and all these things um and this is pretty funny because i don't know how to ride the bike right so <laughs> but this is um especially now in this pandemic like the best way to like really experience and you know tour these brutalists is through the bike uh and, and it's also one of the safer ways to like do a tour instead of you know like groups of people gathering together for a tour if you're in a bike you're already socially distanced by default and you can cover longer distances that way so that's something that's in the works and hopefully something that we, something that you can put out soon so with the work that you are putting on like with the brutalist math what do you envision to happen uh with the works what do you aspire to happen for the future hmm wow that's a very big question um okay i guess for canto for brutalist and modernist filipinas um i guess to sum up what i what i intend to do i i aspire um to build a platform for people to thrive and appreciate the fruits of creativity freely um so for canto by it's by offering creatives both new and established space to talk about their work uh and share their learnings freely without the need to please um before your stories not out of metrics and trends but out of topics and issues that you feel are relevant and can lead to the betterment of a creative's life so that's how we determine the stories that we put out in canto so for brutalist and modernist filipinas our team wants to offer our documentation work for public education and appreciation to fill in the perceived gaps in built heritage documentation but also to acquaint the general public as to why we must save our heritage structures you know many attempts to save heritage buildings they feel because there aren't enough people who care understand why an old building needs saving which is you know sayang diba it is hope that through crowdsourced efforts and active participation in the initiatives that i'm running the public recognizes the role built heritage plays in the formation of our national and cultural narrative and also allow them to find new ways to keep the narrative going through preservation and adaptive reuse the more kasi we treat our heritage structures like cloistered relics or museum pieces the more disconnected it will be with the urban fabric um, and the community so it is vital that we reconnect them back to the present urban conversation so this is the type of public familiarity and connection we aim to spark when we share our imagery of built heritage on our social media accounts. Uh, I'm concentrating on these two, brutalism and modernism. I mean, 
before modernism even started, I was like, do I do I start modernism? I mean, brutalism is already a handful. Like, why why do I want to do this to myself? But then sometimes you just feel like it's the right timing. And you know, yun panga. Um, when I started modernism, it's actually in a way a direct. It's a direct reaction to the recent, relatively recent demolition of the Film Life Building. I was so mad when that happened. So, parang I I I felt that I really needed to do something uh, immediate and concrete to what they call this bring to public consciousness that these post-war modernist buildings are suffering these this these fates. And you know, in this pandemic, dumadami dumadami pa yung instances or yung frequency of these demolitions. And some you know, I felt like. I was in a position that I can do something about it since uh, I already took a lot of pictures of modernism. I, I have I have my contacts, I have my research. So, parang this is something that I can, in a way, do to you know, sort of contribute to bringing uh, this issue to the pop to, to public consciousness. I don't have any illusions that this whatever I'm doing for brutalism and modernism is like a you know like a and all be all solution for <laughs> the problem of built heritage it's not it's 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 a first step i feel because like you know it um we can only really save these 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 structures if a lot more people get involved and a lot more people feel for them and a lot more people are you know they understand why these need to be saved it's not enough cause to say that oh these these heritage buildings need to be saved you have to explain why the public needs to know why that's why i think you know the best platform talaga for brutalist Filipinas and modernist Filipinas is social media kasi that's one way to like really spread the word fast eh, and, and efficiently and to you know get more people's attention and you know um cascade this information in a way that's also bite-sized parang hindi siya isang bulto na parang madodont yung tao all right you mentioned that you were mad when when film life was demolished and you were disheartened that these buildings are being demolished how can I say uh, a lay person, like a uh, a person on the street who's not an architect, but who is curious and who is in love with with brutalist architecture and other modernist architecture? What can we do in order for us to, you know, support and avoid further demolition of these architecture, historic architecture? What can what can we do? How can we start? Okay. <laughs> wow, big question. But um, I guess, I guess I'm also like the, the, in a way, the best person to answer that question because I myself, I'm a layman. I'm not an architect. Like, why do I care about architecture so much, right? Like, I'm a fine arts graduate. But you know, for layman like me, this is how I did. You know, this is how I did my part, in a way, to contribute to the discourse and to you know pushing, pushing to the public agenda the issue of built heritage preservation. What they call this, and I, I think one of the ways, you know, for you know, for laymen to you know uh, kickstart their appreciation of built heritage, even if they're not architects, and this is I think what also triggered it for me is to actually visit these structures in person, and you know, um, really immerse yourself in the architecture in the spaces, uh, you know, do research about it, walk around it, take pictures of it, you know, and just try to get. Try try to draw out the narrative out of the building. I think for me, because this was effective, um, I had my first experience of I don't know how to describe it, parang sublime experience in architecture when I visited yung ano 
predictably yung CCP theater for the first time. So I was just like feeling the concrete walls, the yung 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 stair railing. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And and it's like walking inside the sculpture. So during that time, hindi pa ako masyadong super, I mean, into this thing or parang medyo surface level pa yung knowledge ko of brutalism. Pero you know, it really helps him if you're in there and you experience the space and you you know you make an effort to try to understand what the space also after your visit it in a way um shows you first you, you the place of that structure within history within arch- the, the the development of architecture also the fact that you know these buildings can elicit emotions like this i think there's something special you know that's one way to to go about it you know um visit the building first and foremost do your research take photos kasi you never know whether this building will still be around on your next visit right i mean that's 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 the reality <laughs> that's the reality in the philippines i guess also to you know parang one way for for, for laymen to like understand why it's important to preserve built heritage is i i i view built heritage kasi as ano eh parang concrete touch points that you know you can interact with that is in a way it's like a time machine it links you it links the present and the past it's also in a way a sort of signpost it's like a signpost of achievements or uh, you know learnings that we've had from the past so diba pa nag-aaral ka if you want to graduate to another level you need to you know in a way also recall the stuff that you learned from the past right it's also integral for you to like advance to the next step so built yung built heritage natin is the is a concrete manifestation of you know the learnings the lessons uh and the consequences of you know um of things that happened in the past it's it's, it's a signpost and also of you know as i mentioned a while ago it's also fa- it's a foundation so without a solid foundation you really can't build anything concrete or strong or you know that we will be hard wearing i feel in a way na parang this sounds very and i'm generalizing in a way if you don't have a solid foundation of you know what forms your national identity then para magiging fractured yung present generation with regards to like their understanding of their of their identity as a Filipino and I, you can already see it now happening diba parang sorry i'm getting into politics but you know the you know yung dependence ng kids on TikTok, YouTube and all these things this is a product of being being all in the present it's important kasi to look be, you know to look at the past and to like make an effort to like you know understand what happened before and you know, siyempre, to look for siyempre, good sources, di ba? Hindi yung kung, kung san-san lang or Wikipedia. But you, you know where I'm getting at, right? Na parang hindi pwedeng past is past. Kailangan, we need to revisit the past every now and then to inform, you know, our present. Kasi who knows, they might help us in the future. Actually, in a way, I sort of envy some European countries in terms of um, their methodologies in preserving um, their architecture and national character. Um, a lot of it is well documented, and they really have. They really invest, like a, a special building that, like in every, for example, in every town, like in Japan, in every prefecture, there's always like a place where you have you could go to where you could access their your heritage, and that would be their baseline. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in um, um, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, uh, they they have this memorial 
town or memorials uh memorial building and then you know that would be your baseline if you want to research further that ends our part one about our episode with mr patrick kasingsi for our next episode he talks about his passion on writing about creatives through his online magazine canto stay tuned for his question about architecture city and people when he turned the table as he tapped the journalist in him Thank you.